And welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Alex Kaufman Show. I know it wasn't just a one-off. I'm back with another podcast. And once again, joining me is Stephen Barber. How you doing, Stephen? I'm doing good. I'm... <laughs> it's been a while since that's this... happened. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I, would, I will say when, when we did a radio show together, I would throw to you at times and you would uh-huh. just, sometimes you would just look at me. <laughs> oh, now he's done talking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now it's my turn to talk. Thank you for having me again, Alex. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Let's see if I can enunciate this time. Yes, exactly. Um, how have you been? How have you uh, been spending your time uh, staying at home? Uh, I've been doing well. Um, how have I been spending my time staying at home? I, well, I can't go out to eat anymore, so I've been doing a lot of cooking, actually. Makes sense. Um, doing some deliveries, some pickup, but I've been watching a ton of uh, documentaries and movies. Oh, really? Which I'm not a movie person at all. People who know me know that I just don't even like bother with movies usually. But so far this weekend, I'm recording this Sunday late afternoon, my time. See, I watched the, because HBO has a bunch of stuff you can now stream for free mm-hmm. right now. So watched the Elizabeth Holmes documentary. Um, there's also a really good podcast series about uh, the whole thing with Theranos. Have you seen and- Tiger King? No, my girlfriend's okay. watched uh, watched you, all of it. I I know you need I'm not to watch this show. I'm not going to do Tiger King. You I've heard enough about Joe Exotic. <laughs> I've heard enough about Carol Baskin. Too many people are missing limbs in that show that uh-huh. I don't like because of tigers, um, and because of uh, other reasons too. Not just because of tigers. Sure, sure. Um, no, it's 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 a. I've it's heard a it's trip. insane. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I have other stuff I need to watch before I get to that. Um, mm-hmm. What else? I'm halfway through McMillions, which is six episodes. Uh, watched Crazy Stupid Love. Um, oh, yeah. Super Size Me 2, which at first I was very confused because the first, like the opening of it takes place where I work. Well, where I normally work, but I'm not allowed to go right now. Really? At my news station. Yeah, because so <laughs> Super Size Me 2 was a whole thing about like fast food and kind of how Really, despite all of the stuff of Super Size Me exposing the fast food industry, all that they did was change their branding. They didn't really change much else. So he's like talking about what it like all the labels on chicken that don't actually mean anything. The fact that he has a crispy grilled chicken sandwich, which is literally a fried chicken sandwich with painted on grill marks. <laughs> um, but apparently it was a very good chicken sandwich. Um, but he opened it the restaurant for, uh, I don't know if it was days or weeks in Columbus, Ohio, a few years ago. Since then he has, um, yeah, he's like gone. Who knows what happened with it? They say, well, maybe he'll franchise it. Who knows? But nothing's happened since. So he actually has a restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Had it closed up after only a few weeks. It was in an, Oh, that's too bad. I'm sure it was an old Wendy's because it looks like an old Wendy's, the building, Hmm. but so there's that. By the way, Stephen, uh, heads or tails, since we're going to start a draft here. Uh, tails never fails. Let's go with that. All righty. It's flipping the coin on Google. You know, if you Google flip a coin, it flips a coin. And it came out heads. Ah. So I will get the first pick in this week's draft, which so, we are uh, doing. What are we drafting, Alex? We are going to be drafting. Last, last time we did Brown's quarterbacks since 1999. And since... We aren't already being tortured enough right now. 
we are drafting Browns coaches since 1999. Now, there are 12 potential names, but we are not going, neither of us will be touching Kevin Stefanski, the new Browns head coach, who currently is zero and zero, which means he only has three fewer wins than Hugh Jackson. In three seasons, Hugh Jackson got that number. So he actually currently has the second highest winning percentage. Technically, yes. 50%, 500. That's why I drafted Jake DeLone last time. You can (laughs) listen to that that podcast already in the feed. Um, This one we are going to do, there will be 11 options. We're only going to do four rounds here because let's be real. Not all of these coaches deserve to be drafted. Do any of them, if we're being honest? If this was overall, maybe... Probably not. Probably not. I mean, (laughs) there are arguments to be made for a couple of them. Like who I'm going to pick with the first pick. I'm going to take one of the two head coaches with the most wins since the Browns returned. And that is going to be Romeo Cronell. Romeo Cronell. Yes, that is obviously going to be the first pick i think there's no other there's no question with that now he has the winningest single season since the browns came back that 10 and 6 season 2007 joe thomas's rookie year he's also technically a five-time super bowl champion albeit i think most all of them with the patriots so not with the Browns, but technically a five-time champion makes him a five-time champion Sure, just none with the Browns. Well, of course not. I mean, that 10-6 and six season was the best season and only the second winning season since the Browns returned. And, I mean, he's been a solid defensive coach. He wasn't mm-hmm. really – now, I will say he has a better look as a Browns head coach than he does as a Kansas City head coach where he went 2-1 and one as the interim head coach in 2011 and then in 2012 – proceeded to go two and 14. <laughs> How is that even possible? Well, Brady Quinn was his uh, quarterback when he was in Kansas city, wasn't he? Really? Brady Quinn th- had a career outside of, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't I really call it a career. He played outside of Cleveland. I, I don't remember this at all. I don't, I don't remember him playing for any other team, any team other than the Browns. Uh, he was one and seven for the 2012 Kansas city chiefs. So mm. yes, Half of that season. Now, after having gone two and seven with the Browns three years prior, jeez, mm-hmm. gosh! I mean, Brady Quinn was a very good college quarterback. He's a good analyst. He is actually a pretty good analyst. Not the best pro quarterback, but yeah, so that's my. But so that's my uh, first round pick. So who's who's your first round pick, Stephen? Because I, th- I I have a guess. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Butch Davis actually. The other one with 24 wins. Mm-hmm. So I was actually I was torn between Butch Davis here and uh Greg Williams, but the reason I went with Butch Davis, Butch Davis actually coached, you know, several full seasons. Yes. Got the Browns into the playoffs, which Correct. nobody else has done. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I really think he didn't get a fair shake as the Browns head coach. I would have liked to see I would have liked to have seen him get gotten at least one more season. I mean, he was a great, he was a great college coach, right? Right. And he actually he won us games. Which I mean, if you look at the rest of the guys on the list, 
he has the only playoff appearance. So. Only playoff appearance, right? One of uh, only a couple of guys to get even ten wins in their entire time with the Browns as a head coach. No, he didn't get ten wins. I mean, ten wins total. Oh yes, yes, ten wins, which is so sad. It, it is. It there is. are there. We're on number twelve in twenty-one seasons. Not well, no twenty. Yeah, twenty-one seasons. I think mm-hmm. since ninety-nine and then. 2019 and then this year um but yeah four coaches have double digit wins many of them have did not last long enough to get there so yes that i, I th- those are the two guys who had to be the first round picks mm-hmm. no arguments there right now it gets <laughs> we, we, we go from we go from from bad to really bad i mean do you go with the guy who went five and eleven in each of his two seasons? Do you go with a different guy who went seven and nine and then three and thirteen? Because those are the only two guys who who also won at least ten games. Mm-hmm. Or do you go with somebody else totally off the board? Who do you go with? I think I have to go with. Gosh, I really don't. I don't want to go with any of them. <laughs> goodness i think i'm gonna have to go with um mike Patton mike because Patton. of the seven and nine season mm-hmm. i don't like it i don't want to like it <laughs> he's um he went seven and nine the first season still good enough for fourth though in the division then the following year went three and 13 and was fired he lost 18 of his final 21 games mm-hmm. but look at it this way he had won, doing the math quickly in my head, um, seven of his first 11 games. That's pretty good. Yeah, they went 7-4 and four to start the 2014 season. Wow. I mean, granted, they ended up 7-9, and nine, but, I mean, seven they, wins they, is a lot for these Browns. They benched Brian Hoyer that year when he was hot. Brian Hoyer was good that season. He Brian really Hoyer was, was good that season. They pinched him for Johnny Football. Well, you were in support of it, and so was a lot of Browns Nation at the time. Lest Fair. we forget. Fair. Yeah, and because I, everyone was like, "Well, he's just a dead end." So the Browns have won seven games since they returned. Since they returned, they have mm-hmm. won seven games, one, two, three, four, five times, including mm-hmm. 2018. Five times in that's one quarter of the time. The Browns have never the Browns have never finished better than second in the division. Mind you, since the now the first three years they were there were six teams in the division, but then since the realignment to a four team division, the Browns have only finished better than last five times, including each of the last two seasons. Better than last. Out of eight, out of what, eighteen seasons, that's not a good look. I would, I would say, it is not. No, it's not. Well, who's your second round pick? There's a murderer's row of uh, options left. Uh, so I'm going with uh, a, a uh, interim head coach actually here. I'm going to go with uh, Greg Williams. I thought about Greg, but I also thought about the fact that he had written contract offers to be a bunch of other teams head coaches but somehow chose to be the browns defensive coordinator instead uh-huh and then was shocked that he didn't get the head coaching job despite the fact that he had 
been suspended for a season because of Bounty Gate? That's in the past. Remember, we're not talking about stuff that happened outside of Cleveland. I'm also not right. sure he's a he's a good defensive coordinator. He's not a good defensive coordinator. What Greg Williams <laughs> is? No, he's he's not. He's a terrible defensive coordinator. But Greg Williams is a good manager, right? The the problem with the Browns this that. year versus last year, mm-hmm. this year with Freddie Kitchens, who we'll get to later on, maybe. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is not a good man. Not a good manager. He doesn't know people. He doesn't know how to actually lead. Right? Greg Williams, on the other hand. Sure. You know, you can talk about how much of a shitty person he might be. You can talk about, um, you know, Bounty Gate. You can talk about maybe not the best defensive coordinator, but the guy can lead. The guy can manage. The guy can organize, which, which is why when he was the head coach, you know, two years ago versus last year, even if, you know, the schemes were no different, you go from a guy like Hugh Jackson, who, again, has no organizational ability whatsoever to a guy like Greg Williams, who's more of a C who was more of a CEO kind of head coach at the time. He Good feels like the type who would just use like all the buzzwords though. Like, like if he was, let's say giving like leading a meeting, he would use all the buzzwords without ever actually explaining anything. So I, don't without... get, I don't get that feeling. I, I, I see Freddie kitchens doing, that. I see Hugh Jackson. Doing that. I see Greg oh, Williams. I see Hugh Jackson actually is a total being... buzzwords guy, but I feel like he wouldn't Hugh, know. Hugh Jackson's difference. like uh, uh, Michael Scott, basically. Huh. Michael Scott is a football coach. That's being very generous, I think. I mean, I think I think Michael Scott could have won more than three games in two <laughs> and a half seasons. So, to be fair, um, Greg Williams did it in eight. <laughs> he went five and three. The only Browns head coach since they've returned to be above above five hundred. In fact, the only other one above four hundred with a winning percentage is Butch Davis, who was 24 and 34. Wow. Or 14. It's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Now, do I go with a one-season guy? Do I go with a two-season guy? Because we're on to round three. These are all still really bad. <laughs> They're not going to get I mean, any better. <laughs> I think, though, I have to, and this is going to be sound crazy, I have to go with Hugh Jackson. Why? Because Hugh Jackson clearly has some sort of something, some sort of way that he is, was able to convince Brown's ownership, which sacked, I mean, how many GMs and coaches in the first few years since the Haslam's took over, into a 1-15 season. You know what? No, we're going to keep you on for another year. Suddenly, you become the second 0-16 team in NFL history. <laughs> That should be enough. One in 31 should be enough to be like, you know what? I don't care if this guy's the greatest head coach. He has not shown anything. He's not been able to win more than one game in two seasons. I will, def- I will defend Hugh Jackson on that, the, the one in 31 thing. They were going through like their own little version of the process. Sure. They were tinking for two years straight. Okay, that team was 16 terrible. versus two and 14 is how, I mean, come on now. No, that team was terrible. There was no talent on that team whatsoever. And that was intentional. They were trying to get Miles Garrett. They were trying to get, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, high draft picks, so on and so forth. There was a, a reason that they were as bad as they were. Yes and no, though. I just... the, the next season, the third season, when they were as bad as they were, that was, in total, that was entirely on Hugh Jackson. Two, five, and one. He two, was fired after one. two, five, and one. I mean... Mm-hmm. That was entirely okay. on Hugh Jackson. RG3 was on the one team. 
Mm-hmm. RG3, in fact, has the one win from the first two years of Hughes' uh, tenure. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Crowell rushed for almost 1,000 yards the one year. Almost is the key word there. Um, let's see here. Wait. Um, oh, yeah. Terrell Pryor was a 1,000-yard receiver. Right about that. Yeah. That was like the one bright spot that year. Gosh, that was embarrassing. Okay, then the 0-16 season where, I mean, remember, they, they were tanking. They got a first-round <laughs> pick at quarterback in Deshaun uh-huh. Kaiser. Second-round pick. Oh, second-round pick. You're right. And But, like, he, I mean, he was – they started him. He was going to be the mm-hmm. guy. Gosh, he was bad. He was not going to be the guy. I did not – that one I did not understand at all. I mean, that was – wow. I'm just looking – the leading the leading receiver on the Owen sixteen Browns. Mm-hmm. Any guesses? Just just guess. I don't even remember who was on that team. Honestly, I've just <laughs> so I have deleted that entire year from my memory. There is there is one receiver who had more. Actually, sorry, the leading wide receiver. Uh-huh. was Ricardo Lewis, technically, in terms of people Ricardo who actually Lewis. were receivers, 357 yards just ahead, oh, of, oh, oh. just ahead of Josh Gordon. Gary Barnage. No, Gary Barnage wasn't on the team. Oh, he wasn't on the team that year. Okay. No. Now, number three in receiving yards on the Browns, David Njoku, who only started five games. Number okay. two in receiving yards, Seth DeValve, 395 yards who only started four games, the Pride of Princeton, who actually had 140 yards for the Jacksonville Jaguars last season. Still in the league, go figure. Number one in receiving yards for the 0-16 Browns, 693 yards, Duke Johnson. Oh, man. (laughs) 74 receptions. And actually, he actually had a really good season as a pass-catching running back. I will argue that he... You know, more than a thousand yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Not a bad season. He was a good player. He was like the he's like the perfect third down running back. He also did not start a game for the Browns that year. <laughs> Your best best receiver did not uh-huh. start a game for the Browns. Technically, I mean he Yikes. he didn't because Isaiah Crowell started at running back. Yikes. So yeah, let that uh, let that sink in. So, I mean, yes, the, the talent was very bad. However, he also was able – I mean, you have to convince ownership to keep you around, and mm-hmm. he was able to do that despite the worst of circumstances for two straight seasons, literally being the laughingstock of the league, winning one game, going 1-31. and 31. I mean – January 31st to Browns fans is now a holiday, Hugh Jackson Day. <laughs> and then you know what? I mean, ties are rare. That's, I mean, that's almost a win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, plenty of these Browns coaches wish that they could have had more ties because, in fact, he has the only tie of any Browns coach since they returned. That's actually pretty incredible. Yes. Well, yeah, well, that's because they just lose a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's, who's your third fair. round pick? Oh, my third round pick. Um, gosh, you know, it's really not getting any easier, is it? No, it's not. Uh, so who all have we done so far? Okay, so we've got, okay, Hugh Jackson's so, a twint. So you, Romeo Cornell. So right now, I have Cornell, Patton, and Hugh Jackson. You have Butch Davis and Greg Williams. 
Okay. Um, I feel like now we're we're moving in from the really bad to like the really really bad guys. Like the historically bad, almost. Like yeah, that's kind well, of. Well, then the again, Hugh Jackson is historically now. bad, so. Yeah, that's true. I'm surprised he went as early as he did, honestly. Um, oh gosh. Okay, so Eric Mangini was below average a couple years. That yes. counts for something. Um, you know, I think I'm actually. I think I'm going to go with Chris Palmer. You're going to go with Chris Palmer, the first coach who, I mean, just based on my age and things like that, I don't really mm-hmm. remember Chris Palmer as the Browns head coach. Were you even alive when he was our coach? Yes, I was born in 95. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. That's good to know. I was alive. I, you know, I can't tell you anything else. <laughs> so I don't remember Chris Palmer as the Browns coach either. Um, I was eight and nine those years, and uh, uh, more, more interested in Ohio State at the time because, you know, they were, they were winning. Uh, the thing I will sure. say about Chris Palmer, Chris Palmer was not set up to be successful. No. Well, to the NFL, the way the – and so part of the problem is that the NFL with, I believe, was the Jaguars, who were the team that had just come back right before the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just confirm that here. Um, yeah, so it was the um, – yeah, the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had done so well that that was a problem. Like, they were too good too fast. So when the Browns came in, they were like, well, they can't be that good so quickly. We can't give these new teams, like, they can't be so good so quickly. So they were like, well, we're going to protect, I believe, what, I think it's a 53-man roster, and teams could protect mm-hmm. 1 to 52. Right. I, I want to say the Browns drafted one of their first picks was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I feel like I'm missing something here. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the player who played for the UC for UCLA and the Miami Dolphins. Ah, okay. Not that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he was the NFL's rushing touchdowns leader in 1997. <laughs> well, there you he go. Was, uh, he, now he spells it K A R I M, but yeah. So um, well, he he is Abdul Kareem Al Jabbar. Now he is. Back he then is. he was Kareem mm. Abdul Jabbar. He gotcha. also wore number thirty three. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah. So so you know uh, Reggie was, White um, was actually available as a player in that draft. Did you know that? I did not. This was after he had um, unofficially retired. So I forget which team, I don't know if it was the, the, the Eagles or the Packers or somebody else at this point, but he was mm-hmm. on the team, unofficially retired, and they offered him up as one of their players that the Browns could draft so that they could circumvent having the Browns draft one of their actually decent players. And they said no? Well, no, of course not, because he, he was retired. So the, the, why would you draft a retired player if you're the Browns? Because the players they did draft weren't exactly that good. That's that's fair. He also now he did come back and he did and he did play in two thousand. Reggie White? Yes. Really? Yes. He he retired for ninety nine. He came back in two thousand right. at the age of yep. thirty nine. Was he amazing? No, but he was I mean still Reggie White. <laughs> Tech, legally legally speaking, he was still Reggie White. Yes. Yeah, so there were only 150 players that the Browns could even pick from mm-hmm. 
from all these from all of these other teams. So now they also did have the first pick in the um actually and also I should correct myself, it does not look like they drafted Kareem Abdul Jabbar in the expansion draft, but he was on the Browns in ah. those early days. Interesting. Yeah. So um so let's see here. By 2002, which was the following NFL expansion draft, mm-hmm. only three of the 37 players that the Browns took were still on the team, and all of them were special teams. <laughs> now, another player the Browns could have drafted was... Oh, by the way, it was each of the 30 existing teams were required to expose five players to the draft. Mm-hmm. So it was not 1-52, to 52, but close. Kurt Warner was available. Oh, Kurt Warner was available. He had, at that point, never started an NFL game and was, was four of Was he still bagging groceries at this point? I don't believe so. He was on the Rams at that point. Mm. He was on the Rams. He was left unprotected in okay. 1998. He, he had been allocated to the NFL Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing is, his backup on that team in Europe, future Panthers quarterback Jake DeLome. Huh. But yeah, Warner Warner and that was uh that was 1998 in the NFL Europe season which was between any NFL seasons. 98 season he was the third stringer for St. Louis. And then in 1999 he um yeah, he he ended up uh doing pretty well from uh 99 on. Good for him. Yeah, good. I'm actually good for very Imagine glad if the that Browns the Browns got. They would have ruined him. Sure, they would have. Probably. Kurt Warner would not have had 10% of the career that he had. He would not be a, a Hall of Famer or an MVP guy. He would be. I don't know any of any of the list of busted Browns quarterbacks we talked about last week. It's true. He would have been on that. So now we are on to our final round. I'm having a tough time here because Freddie Kitchens mm-hmm. doesn't seem like, like he seems like a genuine, you know, maybe I pick him. Really? Like, like genuinely, I'm like, oh, maybe I pick him. I mean, who maybe. else do you have to choose? Terry Robisky? Pat Shermer. Rob Chudzinski. Oh, Chud. Chud. Um, Greg will, no, you took, you took, took Greg rather. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, because there should be there should be five names left if I'm I not forget, mistaken. Forget uh, Mangini. Oh yeah, Mangini. That's right. Manginius. I mean, I think that's you know. I mean, I think I have to go with him. I think mm-hmm. I have to go with Eric Mangini because he won ten games, just like Mike Pettin did. And he did it with two identical five and eleven seasons. And also, I'm slightly biased because when he was the Browns' head coach, he sent his kids to the same school that I was going to at the time. And I was in, I think, high school at the time. His kids were much younger, but so they went to the same school. That's kind of cool. There you go. Six but degrees you, of separation and all that. Exactly. Plus, he's also the guy we have to thank for. Peyton Hillis making the Madden cover. Which, I mean, a Browns player on the Madden cover is pretty cool. Good old Peyton Hillis. Yes, which, by the way, Madden 12 that year came out for the PlayStation 2, 
uh-huh. PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, the Wii, the Xbox 360, iOS, Android, and there was also a version made for the BlackBerry Playbook tablet. The BlackBerry Playbook. I've never even heard of that. So it was a tablet that was... And remember, BlackBerry really didn't make very good like all touchscreen phones. Remember when they got rid of the keyboard for a while because they were trying to be like every other smartphone? Right. Well, they tried making a tablet, the BlackBerry Playbook, which wasn't terrible. It just did not have a great operating system and it just didn't have much support because it didn't run Android at the beginning. So because of that, it kind of, yeah, it didn't do too well. I I was just reading a little more about it actually because it's been 10 years since the iPad and there were all these competitors that thought they were going to be the next iPad or or dethrone the iPad or even Mm -hmm. compete with the iPad. And one of them was the BlackBerry Playbook lest we forget. And how did that work out? About as well as the rest of Peyton Hillis's NFL career. <laughs> did he ever end up in the CIA? Do you, do you hey, remember that? No. You got, so apparently, so look, look this up later. This is actually really interesting. Um, so I guess, I don't know if it was after his first season with the Browns or after his second season, um, he got into some sort of a dispute with his agent over some different stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, his agent, to sabotage him, allegedly um, leaked information to the Cleveland Browns that Peyton Hillis was considering retiring from football to pursue a career with the CIA. <laughs> Seriously, it's look, so look it up. Ridiculous. It's, it's insane. I'm, I'm looking this up now. I can't believe this. I don't remember that at all. Now, he fired his agent, his, at the time, his third agent in a year uh-huh. on the eve of free agency. Yes. That was the agent who told him not to play with strep throat, Mm. by the way. So (laughs) just kind of, uh, gosh, he was good that season though. He was good that season. Oh, he was great. I can't, that's, that's insane. All right. So now time for, and this is truly as Mr. Irrelevant in this draft. Mm -hmm. The final, the final pick. Oh boy. You have Terry Robisky. Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, and Freddie Kitchens available. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, with who's left on the board, I would probably end up taking Freddie Kitchens. You know, but I, I don't gonna, have to I, worry. I'm going to go with Freddie Kitchens at this point. You really are. Remember, think... we, he's, he's the <laughs> – maybe it's recency bias. Uh-huh. So with the, thing, how, with, the thing with Freddie Kitchens, the thing with Freddie Kitchens, I do not think he's a good head coach. I think he could possibly no. be a good coordinator someday. I think he's a good someday. position coach. But the thing about Freddie Kitchens, he's the kind of guy that I would like to take out and have a beer with. You know, I, 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 could, I could see well, sitting him, at a bar like with the guy. Six beers, I think. Probably, you know, we'll, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll match each other drink for drink, whatever. That's watch, true. Watch some, fo- watch some football, you know, joke around a bit. Just seems like a real cool guy. I wouldn't want to work for him. I don't know that I wouldn't work with him, but I'd love to take the dude out and just have a beer. Isn't it weird to think that he was once the Alabama quarterback? He doesn't look like an Alabama quarterback. He no, he looks like an Alabama quarterback, but not the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Fair point. <laughs> I just, I mean, also the Browns have gone fifteen straight years uh-huh. without winning Week One. 
Really? Really. Why am I um, not surprised? But I will say, I think Freddie Kitchens has the same type of thing that Hugh Jackson has, mm-hmm. where he was able to somehow convince Brown's ownership. Remember, Brown's ownership kind of crazy um, under under uh, the Haslam's. That What's you know what I'm the I am the let's see I'm the running backs coach. Then suddenly he got elevated to offensive coordinator using someone else's playbook and associate head coach. Uh-huh. Somehow he was able to do that and convince them. You know what? You've never been a head coach. You've never really been anything other than a fill in fill in assistant for like lower down the totem pole. But you know what? You're ready to be the head coach. <laughs> And you know what? He won six games. That's a lot better. I mean, Mangini, Eric Mangini, who I drafted, did not win six games either season with the Browns. Mm. And I feel like he was a better head coach than Freddie Kitchens. But at the same time, was he really? At the end of the day, the Browns won six games last year. So you got to look at the team that he had around. He, he had to work with, though. I mean, that, that, that team last year, I know you're not huge on Baker Mayfield. He's got some issues. Nick Chubb was nearly the NFL's leading rusher. He had two thousand yard, yard receivers. Two thousand yard receivers. The defense was okay, not bad. Not bad. I mean, when uh, when Miles Garrett was playing, at times they were dominant. They were, they were just undisciplined. That's really the mm-hmm. thing that killed them. Was just a lack of discipline. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. But you know what? That's going to get you. Hmm. By the way, who do you do you know who the third leading receiver was on the Browns last season? So there were the two there were the two there were the two thousand yard guys, Landry mm-hmm. and OBJ. Third would have was someone with two hundred eighty five yards. Two hundred eighty five yards. Ooh. Uh was it Hollywood Higgins? No, Hollywood Higgins had fifty five yards. Uh David and Joku. David Njoku had 41 yards. 41 yards for David Njoku. Wow. Um, in case uh, you're curious, um, in case you're curious, um, Demetrius mm-hmm. Harris had 149 yards. Ricky mm-hmm. Seals Jones had 229. Damian Ratley with uh, with um, 200. Antonio Callaway with a big 89. Wow. Any 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 guesses? Uh, Nick Chubb. I'm guessing maybe off the screen passes or something. Nick Chubb had 278 yards. He's fourth. Ooh. Third is a guy who only played half the season, not even. Really, you could argue. Mm-hmm. He was, I, I mean, technically he wasn't even with the team for half the season. Well, who was it? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Oh, Kareem Hunt. Why didn't I think had, of that? Kareem Hunt had 37 catches. For 285 yards in eight games, he also, mind you, caught had caught 84.1 percent of the of the passes thrown to him, which is pretty good. 37 of 44. I mean, in all fairness, most of those passes were probably screen passes or throws out to the flats. He got 285 yards out of them. So hey, can't complain about that. No, you can't complain about that at all. So let's just quickly recap this. Um, mm-hmm. So I had the first pick. I chose. Romeo Crennel, Mike Pettin in the second round, Hugh Jackson in the third round, and Eric Mangini in the fourth round. You had Butch Davis, Greg Williams, Chris Palmer, and Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Now let's see here. I had 47 wins. 
combined between all of my uh, coaches. Let's see here. If I, can I had a lot less than that. Well, you had 20, half of, more than half of those are from one person mm-hmm. for, for me, 24 from Cornell. You have 24 from Butch Davis. You also have five from Greg Williams. Five more from Chris Palmer. That's 34. So you have 40 wins because Freddie Kitchens had six more. Just mm, in, right. in case you're curious. And uh, yeah, so not drafted. The uh, best coach not drafted in terms of the number of wins. Nine and 23, Pat Shermer. Also not drafted. Terry Robiscu filled in one and five. And Rob Chudzinski, one season, four and 12. So fun fact about Terry Robisky, um, his son actually played at Ohio State, Brian Robisky. And, he also played uh, for the Browns. Also played for the Browns. Yeah, second round draft pick. As everyone called him, Brian Slobisky. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm surprised uh, Chud didn't get drafted. I, I, I think I was uh, sort of torn between him and Freddie Kitchens for that last pick. Yeah, I um, understand. Chudzinski, he actually, it's interesting. Chudzinski had a very modern, innovative offense back in 2007 uh, mm-hmm. during that year when we uh, went 10 and 6. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, six years later, he's the head coach of the Browns. Hasn't changed a thing about the offense. And well, it, was no lo- it was no longer innovative and exciting. It was. Sometimes the world around you passes you by. It happens. It does happen. So, well, that was fun. I don't know what we're going to draft next time. Maybe we'll go to the Cavs. Maybe we'll go to the Cavs. We can draft uh, Cavs head coaches. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. <laughs> Byron Scott. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I know, right? Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll look into something. We will have another podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, another draft of some sort because I think these are fun. And, you know, it's a way to reminisce and uh it's a way to reminisce about the sad times without drinking so exactly well, at least we're not drinking yet maybe maybe we need a drink <laughs> now after doing this draft so yeah so thank you guys maybe for you need listening. a drink after listening to this i don't know <laughs> i think i need a drink after recording and i'll tell you that much so steven it was good t- it was good catching up and we'll uh catch you guys next time with another draft thanks for listening in guys Hope you enjoyed this edition of The Alex Kaufman Show. Thanks for listening.